developed, but, but what, what you see coming out of those specific categories or platforms that we identified for the future where there's problems that we need to solve. And, and so what they'll then do is they'll help us within the organization figure out how do we solve those problems. But of course, you do an assessment around that and you make sure it's a problem that you can solve or you want to solve and you're capable of solving. And that's back to making your choices and um, being selective on, on what it is we're going to invest in and what it is that, that we shouldn't be investing in. So like what, what's one of the problems that you did decide? Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's show. This is part two of our interview with Ian Pinner. The Actually, I don't know your full title. Tell us your full <laughs> title there at ADM. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at, at ADM. Okay. But I know you do all this stuff with health and, and these all these other product lines. I wasn't sure how many actually fit on the business card. That, that, that's right. Uh, it depends on the on the discussion, but I'm also um, lucky enough to be leading our health and wellness business as well. That's great. So again, you know, for those who missed part one, I'm super interested in how ADM is growing and innovating at scale when often being large can equal being bureaucratic and kind of act as an anchor. You know, I haven't seen your recent numbers, but I think you guys did like 64 billion in revenue year before last or something like that, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of machinery. There's a lot of programs and processes that have worked hard to go in one direction to, to make those kind of numbers possible. And we've talked about this idea of making it safe for people to try experiments and fail a little and and maybe not be just part of the big efficiency machine. How did you get attracted to this work in the first place? Well, I, I say I'm on the ADM MBA. I'm 20 years in the company, and I think I'm on my 15th, um, 15th role now. So I, I've had an enormous amount. I'm very lucky to have an enormous amount of opportunities in different parts of the world and, and, and in different roles. And, and you learn a lot through that. But, but I, I, I get very excited about strategy and, and thinking about where a specific business or a specific product or a specific opportunity can win and, and how, how do you make that happen? And, and I think from an innovation perspective, growth excites me and why wouldn't it? I mean, everyone loves to grow. Everyone likes to work in a business that's growing. And, and when you think about growth, you have to be innovative. You have to be bringing new products, new ideas, new opportunities to the marketplace to attract your customer, to want to work with you, to continue to buy your products, to grow themselves. And, and so you do a lot of co-innovation with with customers to do that too. And I love working with customers. You learn so much when you when you speak with customers and sit with customers. Yeah, of corporate America type jobs, it does sound like one of the most fun jobs, right? <laughs> oh, I've got one of the best jobs in the industry. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. I, I can go from one day in the morning talking about how we might be working on developing opportunities for personalized nutrition to the afternoon thinking about how we can um, support the team to grow our destination marketing business, which is tied directly to working with um, farmers in South America, North America, and Europe when we were originating crops from them. It, it's so broad and diverse, and every project's exciting. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or investment fund managers or people who aren't necessarily at big, giant organizations. Can you help scope out, you know, strategy and innovation seem so critical to being a CEO these days. Can you help us understand what, what that looks like in the day of a 
chief strategy and innovation officer. Like in what ways are you working with the CEO and the executive team, other members of the executive team, and in what, like what kind of falls under your purview? Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll, I'll try to, because I, I, I say I work for everybody in ADM, and, and I think that's how you should be at the end of the day. If, if you're trying to um, support the company from a growth perspective, then as much as you can without being too thinly spread, where there's a priority to innovate or to drive growth is it's where we should be paying our attention. Um, so from my perspective, I'm lucky enough to work um, with, with the CEO. At that level, we'd be um, getting involved in perhaps talking about a large strategic capital project or when we talk about mergers and acquisitions and the merits of those. Is it a new capability? Is it a bolt-on? Is it a new geography? Effectively, is it scale or scope? And, and then strategically, how do we feel about that? But then importantly as well, how might we feel about our ability to execute, whether it's capital, whether it's a project, whether it's a new growth area, whether it's an acquisition, because it's important to be able to deliver on the plan and have we got the right capabilities, competencies, talent to be able to put to that. But then it's a similar discussion when working with the businesses and trying to support them as they're thinking about not just the, the one-year plan, the two-year plan or the five-year plan, are there areas where we can help think about opportunities to, to broaden the plan, to challenge the plan, to think about whether there's opportunities in the industry or things that are evolving and happening that we can bring into the plan to enhance it, whether it's a new technology, new disruption, offering a capability to look outside of the day-to-day -day business. Our Ventures Group is one of those examples. We, we started our Ventures Group in 2017. I'm lucky to have that in my portfolio. And, and that gives us a, a window to the outside world. And so what we're seeing there for technology, what we're seeing there for innovation, what we're seeing for startups, what we're seeing for how some of those organizations are attracting new customers, we can bring that into our corporation and then translate that for the businesses or even partner the businesses with those ventures to try and help each other accelerate growth. So those are the kind of fun things that, that, that we get involved in. Uh, so your ventures group, is that like an internal venture capital fund? Is that yes. what that is? Yeah. It's and actually that... got two, two legs. We, we, we do do venturing investing, but we also set it up to try and help incubate projects within the organization that we think are of strategic importance. Okay. And is that, a, is that like a set mandate? You've got X amount you can invest per year, or is it more as stuff comes? How does that function? It's, it, it's got, its capital is approved by a capital committee. The role of the Ventures Group is to identify landscapes, which is of strategic importance for the company, as you think out, not five years, but probably 10 years and further, because these are startups that might be five years before their, their, their businesses. And, and then once we've identified the landscapes and we're, 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 we're agreed that those are fitting in with what we see for global trends and areas that are important for our businesses and the company, <clears throat> their remit is to identify the opportunities to then actually work with and acquire. So they'll bring those forward as, as they find them. It's a great, great team that we have in our ventures group. It's a very exciting part of where we play. But obviously, there's risk to that too. You know, startups, not 75% of them fail. And, and so we're very careful with what we're investing in. We make sure that we're investing in businesses which have got technology that we think is unique and, and the ability, businesses that we might be able to help as a strategic, whether it comes to scale, whether it comes to research development, whether it comes to sales, marketing, manufacturing, whatever it might be. And then also the management team. It's, it's vital to get the, the right management team and believe that they can deliver when it comes to working with startups. So, so how big is that team, your ventures, your ventures group? We've got four in the group at the moment. Yeah. And are they mostly folks who have 
been promoted from within or do you do you put like do you staff that by bringing in in like uh, professional venture capital investors that you've recruited or former entrepreneurs or, or who makes it into that team it's it's a mix the 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 group is led by somebody that was promoted from within the, that i worked with back in 17 and and that we got off the ground our ventures group we've brought an investment director from externally that's got capabilities in that that marketplace and then we back it with other parts of the organization that are relevant. And so they're, they're able to go and work with the science and technology team when we're assessing particular technologies. Obviously, they're engaged with the businesses from a strategy perspective. So it's resourced very well from the support of the company, but, it, but it's a small team that's very focused on, on a specific remit. You know, it does seem interesting, it, specifically, if, uh, if you guys are focused highly on you know, businesses that are related to what you do already, having 40,000 internal people you can call and how many customers that you can call, like your ability for market research seems pretty awesome. We do spend a lot of time assessing what we think are the trends, but particularly what we think as well are our consumer trends. Consumer insights are very important for us, particularly when you think about talking with customers. What we like to do is be proactive when we're innovating with customers. And so we'll assess um, on a regular basis what we see as consumer insights, where we think trends are going to go for specific products or segments or sectors. And then we'll take that to our customers along with some prototypes, along with some concepts that we think are going to be good things to think about launching. And they're not often what we take. But then that stimulates the discussion. You've got the two teams working together and we're then able to create something that our customer agrees on and then they're ready to launch and we can provide the system and the, the opportunity to do that. And it's vital that we do that. As, as a company, we've got to be aware of the trends that are happening from a consumer perspective and to be able to engage with our customers on that. Yeah. Well, I've asked you about a number of different things here. What's something I haven't asked you about that, that you like talking about? Yeah, I like talking about how what I would say our heritage companies have grown. If you think about our ag services and oil seeds business, and you know, it's pretty much what we started 118 years ago in. And, and that business is diversified and built what we call a destination marketing business. So it's, it's looked at its competencies, it's looked at its assets, it's able to originate from the farmer, it can manage risk, it's got transportation, it's got elevators, it's got grain silos, it's got global shipping. And we used to sell to customers in other parts of the world. So what the team has done or did was set about building a new business line in addition to it, moving further right, moving closer to the customer and developing destination marketing. And then so in doing that, it's looked at areas, regions like Southeast Asia, regions like the Middle East, regions like Africa, and, and it's extended its um, services to providing in-country in opportunities for people to work with us, for us to work with customers to provide them commodity products, uh, which then go into animal nutrition, or they go into milling businesses or obviously processing businesses, which at the end of the day, providing nutrition in those countries where it's sorely needed. So, so that's an area where you know, we talked earlier about the experimentation. It's on a pretty much an asset-like basis. And we put some guardrails around it for risk. We've got a team at the front of that business in these countries that are hungry to grow. They're working with customers. They're asking what the customer needs. They're developing that in-country business model. They bring it back to the business team and say, this is where we need to go, for example, in Vietnam. It needs to look like this. In Indonesia, it needs to look like that. And then we test it. We say, okay, let's, let's see if it can work. And we start doing some shipments. And maybe we make some mistakes and we fine tune it and choose a different commodity to work with. 
but as we build it, it builds out. And, and now in doing that, we're creating a value-added service. We're extending our value chain. We're getting closer to our customers and understanding more deeply what's happening in those new countries, in those new markets that we were in anyway, but now we're in there in a different way. We're driving a different conversation with that customer base, which then provides information all the way back through our value chain, even to the point where we can share it with a farmer in another part of the world, maybe in South America, North America, or Europe. And it's interesting for them to be able to think about their cropping decisions. Yeah, the opportunity for information businesses seems really big there. And, and again, just that market data from tip to tip and all the way around the world seems really fascinating. Of You talk about services you can provide your customers that they wouldn't, you know, data they wouldn't otherwise be able to get access to. Seems like such a great value add. You know, just a personal tangent. I really like these like Jason Bourne genre books. Okay. So the newest one, my favorite series, we had this, we had the author Kyle Mills on this show. He's, he's writing a series originally started by a guy named Vince Flynn. Okay. And then Hollywood movies are made about him with like Michael Keaton and stuff. Okay. And in the newest one, the, the power grid gets taken out and there's major food shortages. And it's interesting that, you know, from a cybersecurity standpoint, our grid is so insecure I'm interested if your venture group is ever looking at security applications and and like cyber threats or other threats or stuff, or if it's mostly, you know, contract that out to the security team. It's it's actually, it's a specific team within IT digital unit that, that works on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though so, so think about the the, the current environment and and the terrible thing that the the covid's bringing to to the world and and then nutrition and from our organization perspective you think back to february march because it was evolving we were asking ourselves and challenging ourselves how do we continue to do business because at the end of the day it's the people in our company that make the company run and it's it's not the assets they don't well, some run themselves but at the end of the day you need talent to do it and, and so it's not so much about whether the asset's going to be okay. It's about can we get the people to the asset to continue the operation? And credit to Team ADM. They've managed to keep our business running. They've managed to keep providing nutrition to the world. We've had thousands of people, like many other organizations, working from home in, in, in roles that you never thought could have been away from an office. And so we've learned new ways We've learned new practices. We've learned new procedures. We've learned how to virtually innovate with our customers. We can ship them prototypes now, and we can do virtual tasting and get real-time feedback. But now with digital, you can do it at scale. So Hold, hold on. Back that up. <laughs> virtual tasting? We need to hear about this. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, so through our nutrition business, let's go back a step. You think about the innovation process with the customer. We mentioned before the consumer insights and how our team developed those consumer insights to, to take to our customers. In addition to that, if you talk about a concept, you can talk about a concept on a sheet of paper, which will have a list of ingredients, but it doesn't it doesn't show you or give you what it tastes like. It looks great, but what does it taste like? What's the texture? What's it really about? So you go one step further, and, and pre-COVID, we used to meet and sit with our customers, and we'd bring in our prototypes and our samples of those concepts. Well, we can't do that in this world at the moment, or in some circumstances, and, and so then we quickly pivoted and we developed how can we do this so that we can still get you the samples and then we have this virtual discussion. So we'll make the prototypes in our customer technical centers and then we'll ship those prototypes and the customers will receive them in their homes. 
And then once they're in their homes and everybody's got them, we'll schedule and now we can scale it. So we don't have to fly people in to do it. So we could have 30, 40, 50 people from one company all tasting these prototypes. And then we'll go through a very structured process. So it's not something I would lead, but our, our you know, experts in taste, texture, and the ones creating the product, and they'll get that real-time feedback. You get that real-time feedback, then you're allowed to take it back. We can quickly adjust it. We can quickly ship those prototypes back out again, and we do it again. And you iterate and you iterate and tell, yep, that's what we need. And then we can work with the customer on a launch. I, I was working with, uh, with someone in Singapore through the night once that was cooking in their kitchen an alternative protein burger that we shipped them to see how the taste and texture was thinking about a launch in Asia. It's incredible what you can do with this technology. So next thing, if I could put a request, if you guys could just invent like the food replicator from Star Trek, that's, that's my <laughs> next question. So, and are, so are you based in the Chicago headquarters? Or I am, yes. Okay. Uh, and I bet you think about the, like for innovation, like speeding up the feedback loop if you don't have to either fly people to Chicago or fly to where they're at, you know, you just need to get it in the mail and you don't have to coordinate schedules nearly as hard when, you know, when people don't have to get away for a couple of days to get to Chicago, right? The, yeah. How soon you can get that Zoom meeting schedule, I bet speeds up by a huge amount. Without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. There's, there's, there's been a lot of acceleration and some, some, some drawbacks too. There are some products. Uh, so there are some products that we'll work with our customers with on the production process as well. When you think about flour, there's, there's been a boom in, in flour and bakery demand, a lot of home baking. Well, that's, that's fine. And we, we've, we've been able to, to fill that demand. But when it comes to introducing maybe a new product to a baker on their production line, we like to have our teams there to help that through to make sure that goes right first time when we're not causing any issues on the production and that the product that comes out looks great, tastes great, and is exactly what we expected. So there's been some launches that are slowed down because of that, but those have been offset with the ability to go faster in, in other areas as well. It's been okay so far. Sure. So when you think about, when you think about leading innovation and, and helping people who maybe had a more traditional view of work, who need to transition to becoming more innovative. What are some of your principles or what does that look like for you to help people maybe spark more of that in them if maybe this isn't something they've done for their whole career? I think at the end of the day, people need to be motivated and excited to achieve the best that they, they can achieve. And so if you think about what, what is it we're trying to do as an organization, we, we, we'd like to be and we're working towards becoming a global leader in nutrition and at the same time making sure that we're able to compete and innovate in our, our legacy businesses, our heritage businesses. And, and they're, they're beautiful businesses and they continue to innovate from the, the, the discussions we've had. So, so I think it's important, and our CEO does a wonderful job of this, of making sure that the organization knows what it is we're trying to achieve and then working within the teams and the organization to figure out how can we help them achieve that? Are there blockages um, in, in the way? Are there things that are impeding it? And, and actually, our operations team does a wonderful job. If you think about our employee base, we have a lot of people running the company every day. They're, they're running the assets every day. They're running the transportation every day. They're making sure our customers are getting what they need every day. And so our teams work in operations to innovate within those units to identify literally on a basis, individually, how can we identify, what can we do more efficiently? What are we doing for processes which are becoming a, maybe an impediment to achieving what we're trying to get done here? 
and, and that's innovation in itself. It doesn't have to be, you know, the next satellite that we're creating here. It's, is there a process that we can change? Can we innovate something here that's going to be able to go faster, go quicker, drive efficiencies, drive productivity, be able to supply more customers with what they're looking for? And, and that can come from, from within. And we've got programs within the organization that other people lead very well on, on a daily basis to try and drive that. You, you can't do it. I don't, I don't drive innovation in the company. The individuals drive innovation in the company. As a team, we create the right um, environment to allow innovation to, to, to be successful within the organization. And, and I just try to do my best to help those teams with what they need to be able to do that. You know, we, we're trying to change some things at our business right now. We've got a division that teaches like uh, lean manufacturing, like operational excellence, right? So I've got these guys that work for me that, you know, ran 85 aerospace plants for GE for 35 years. Now they teach this master's degree program and then they teach our clients for us, right? And we're trying to wrap that under like our ideal clients for this investment fund are, you know, wealthy business owners or a guy who just sold his company and now he needs just to buy passive income, Right. And so we're saying, how can we help that customer with either getting the most for his company, or if he still owns a business, hasn't sold it yet, how do we help them kind of do some of the things you're talking about? So we're affiliated with the Shingo Institute, if you've ever heard of the Shingo Prize. But it's very much something that you talk about that, you know, like they got these sayings about, you know, in, like for them, continuous improvement, innovation, and listening to the voice of the customer, right? That basically things that are not valuable to the customer are waste, essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yet there are a lot of staff that feel like, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure I got hired to sit here and run this machine, right? And there needs to be like on an individual level, this like expansion into, I'm not just here to fill a job. We need you to, we need you to bring your creativity to work. Any thoughts about helping individuals, you know, exercise the innovation muscles? Well, well I think we, a little bit to the beginning of the conversation, I, I think you've got to create an environment where they can do that. Where, where do I take my idea? I mean, that's often a start. It's not that people don't have ideas. We've got 40,000 creative people, I'm sure. Maybe they just don't know where to go with it. And, and so I think that's a start. And then a bit as we were talking about and, before. And so is that like internal messaging or, or how do you get the word out? Hey, bring this to your team leader. Here's, the, here's where the suggestion program lies. What, what does that yeah, look like well, for the, you guys? So the program, this comes back to readiness. This, this comes back to the readiness program. So, so everybody should know about readiness and everybody should understand what it is. And they should know that this is where my idea can go. I want to change something in the company. This is where I can put it. I want to help the company do this. This is where I can take it. Whether that's through a supervisor as a team or whether it's me as an individual, I've got access to that. I can put it in there. And, and then we have a, we have a, a transition team that, that helps the businesses and readiness, if you like, that system evolve. And so they'll be working um, maybe with the analytics and bringing the analytics to the business leaders and saying, this is an area that you know, we've seen as a strategic priority. These are the group of ideas that fit within that. Now let's work together to see how we can take those ideas and turn them into a new product, a new service. Maybe it is exactly as you said, maybe it's an operational improvement. The other thing that it does is it allows you to take best practices. So if you think about a company with the number of processing plants that we have, and to think about the number of ideas that could happen on a daily basis in those plants, if we can capture them, then we can spread them across. We can scale them quickly. And then so we've learned that by having this platform, we're able to take some great ideas in one area and then work with the businesses, or maybe it's the functions, maybe it's operations, and say, well, how do we make that a process everywhere? How do we take that 
and put it in so that we're getting the same benefit across all of ADM instead of in one place of ADM where the rest of ADM is doing what it was doing before. And that's been a big advantage of that program. That's fun. Well, I think we've got time for one more story. Can you tell us some, something else you've been proud of or something else that's been fun to be a part of? Yeah, well, so many things. One, one thing that I, I've been really, really proud of, and, and I've been um, so lucky to, to work with the, the team, is, is our strategic marketing effort. Um, over the last few years, I, I had the, the privilege of, of leading that. And um, actually, I, I didn't lead it. The team that's in there led it. I think we just gave them the opportunity to create it to what it is we wanted to, to be. For us, marketing is very much about strategy. And so it's looking, as we said, about the global trends, the consumer trends, consumer insights. But it's more than that. It's engaging directly with the markets that we're going into and partnering with the businesses on how we're going to be effective. What is it we're going to create to make it right strategically to grow and to win in that marketplace? And there's a, there's a most beautiful team that are in that marketing unit. And they've evolved incredibly well to be, I, I think, uh, a wonderful force within the organization. And the beauty then is that they're seeing the things that you and I have talked about. They're, they're able to bring those new ideas, new concepts, new needs back to the organization for us to then fill those needs to then take it back again and continue to grow. And it becomes a wheel that turns. And the faster it turns and the bigger it turns, the faster we're going to grow. And and that, that's been just a privilege to be involved in. And, and I love what that team's doing for the company. Are there any specific products or processes that have come out of that one? We've developed our own internal processes and, and developed. But, but what, what you see coming out of those specific categories or platforms that we identify for the future, where there's problems that we need to solve. And, and so what they'll then do is they'll help us within the organization figure out how do we solve those problems. But of course, you do an assessment around that and you make sure it's a problem that you can solve or you want to solve and you're capable of solving. And that's back to making your choices and um, being selective on on what it is we're going to invest in and what it is that, that we shouldn't be investing in. So like, what what's one of the problems that you did decide to invest in? Well, an obvious area, and, and we're not the only company doing this, is, is in immunity. And, and that's been turbocharged because of the current climate that we're all living and working in. We've got not, not just a pantry of, of probiotics that we talked about before. We've got the vitamins. We have can, can I pause you for one second? For people who don't know what probiotics do, what do probiotics do? Yep. So probiotics are healthy bacteria that, that you can take, that uh, a specific healthy bacteria that you can take that mix with your gut bacteria. And then that interaction changes and makes your own gut bacteria, which is natural, react in a different way to, to give you as an individual a different outcome. And so, for example, we have a product, it's called BPL-1, and BPL-1 has been scientifically proven to help you lose weight. So there's a probiotic that you can take that mixes with you naturally, and it, it, it changes your metabolism in a natural way. And through that change in metabolism, of course, your own behavior, you've got to be able to be fit and healthy and eat the right kind of things. But, but that change in your metabolism from that natural organism helps you lose weight. And, and so these are the exciting things yeah. that, that we get involved in. So are you, are you guys selling that to like a drink maker or are you guys making a drink with that? Or where, where can this, do you say BPL1 is what it's called? It's called BPL1, yeah. It's so, got its own website. Okay. What's, do you know what the website is? Here, let's, yeah, let's Google it. BPL1.com. <laughs> BPL1.com. Okay. 
so and are you guys so are you guys selling this to other food producers are you making the end product what where's how can somebody take bpl1 so uh, there's different ways we're, we're incorporating it into when when we work with customers on our business to business side we like to develop what we call systems and then so with that we're creating if you like the final functional product so if you're for example, if you're a, a beverage manufacturer, then we'll work with you and we'll bring all of the ingredients from the flavors um, through to the colors, through to maybe the probiotics to be able to provide you that system. And, and then you can buy the whole system from us instead of trying to source different ingredients and flavors from different parts of the industry. And we like to work like that. So with, with our, our probiotics, we, we can sell them as an individual um, ingredient but we like to develop them from a system perspective and then bring them to our customers as that final functional product that they would be able to launch into consumer products. And in addition to that, there are the dietary supplement markets as well that we would go to. So I'm, I'm looking at this website right now and it's showing how it could be in chewing gum and cookies and ice creams. I think ice cream is the best choice there. And think about that ice cream as an alternative protein ice cream. <laughs> For example, what? Well, for example, we, we can make, I mean, we've got a lot of customers that, that, that we're very proud to serve in the dairy industry, and we continue to do that. But we've also got customers that are looking to use proteins that are alternative to dairy. And then so there we can bring them uh, soy protein, we can bring them pea proteins, and we can develop an ice cream that's made of non-dairy. That's also important for the vegan market that, 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 that's asking for that kind of product. Yeah, I'm just going to say this is, I'm, I'm going to put my vote in. <laughs> this is a good thing for you guys to make protein ice cream with a weight loss probiotic in it. Okay, so can people buy BPL1 in any products today or is that something that's on its way? They can and, and, and it's out there in the marketplace and our customers are launching those and, and we tend not to talk about specific customers so I'd, okay. I don't want to go into that now but, but it is there but, but not only is it there, it's continuing to evolve and, and so you'll see more and more um, the capability of think, think about not just probiotics, think about the microbiome. There's lots of different ingredients that our scientists and our doctors bring together that can influence in a positive way the human and animal microbiome. And, and so as we continue with this evolution of understanding how the microbiome is operating and then how we can work to naturally modulate that for the benefit of, of individuals to enrich lives, as we say, more and more, you'll, you'll see more functional products, more functional ingredients coming to market. And, and it's an area that ADM wants to play. So if somebody wants to try this out, do they Google search BPL1 and try and find out who's got it in their product? That would be one way to to do that. Yeah, there's a dietary it, supplement launching in um, in this month in North America, and and so have uh, pre pretty pretty soon. Yeah. Okay, I, I feel like this is like your opportunity. This could be like Intel Inside. You know, you buy your Mac computer, but it's Absolutely. got Intel Inside, right? This is your BPL one inside. Yeah, That's but fun. take that back though, Jess, to what we were talking about. Think think about what ADM's got. Think about we call it the ADM Pantry. So we have this pantry that's backed by all these assets that we talked about, the 40,000 people that do everything every day. And then you can take not just that, there's other ingredients that you have inside these products which are functional. And we're able to then bring that to the customer through the applications and the system that we talked about. We're innovating every day to do that. That's right. No wonder you like your job. I love my job. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can. 
Well, listen, one of my favorite thing to ask guests is, and I'll give you the choice, is either what's one of the best pieces of advice you ever received or what's a piece of advice you would go back and give a younger version of yourself if you could? Actually, I won't tell you the specific advice, but as, 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 you, as you, I guess, evolve your career and go on your journey, sometimes the best piece of advice you're, you're given is when to not do something as opposed to encouraged to do something. And, and when you're wrapped up in a project or you're chasing those shiny stars around, whatever it might be, and particularly as you're evolving and, 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 and trying to, well, we continue to demonstrate you know, your effectiveness and your worth in an organization, it, 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 um, it's, it's easy to lose sight of the, the, the wood for the trees. And, and I've had some very good, I'm, I'm very lucky to work with some, some great peers and still do, and, and some great coaches and mentors. And, and it, it's hard to take because you think you're right. But when, when someone that's very experienced is really guiding you to not go in a certain direction, it's worth listening. You know, restraint is not something that's as sexy to talk about in the <laughs> Forbes or Wall Street Journal or something like that, right? And yet how powerful, you know, I love it. Well, listen, really appreciate all the time you've given us today. Anything you want to leave with here? Well, I hope from my perspective that your listeners um, found it interesting and uh, people learned a little bit more about ADM and how we're trying to enrich lives around the world. We, we, we're very proud of what we do and we're going to continue doing that for the generations to come. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll leave you with my thought is you need a, like a waiting list website where everybody can just enter their email. So when the protein ice cream that has the weight loss probiotic and it comes out, they get like the email notification where to get their subscription. That's right. my, that's my free consulting for ADM today. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll take that back to the business. Okay, good, good. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>